our attention now is how do we take this thing that we've created that's like really good for our online yeah. stuff, and then don't just all of a sudden throw it all away. So the system that you create now has to live and carry over to the system that you have in the fall and in 2021. Hey everyone, this is Matt McCoy. I know that this new season has created a lot of new challenges for you as a worship leader. And because of this, we decided to do a handful of new episodes called Community Stories, where basically I sit down with a worship leader from Loop Community, and we just dig into their real life story about how COVID-19 is impacting their worship leading, their church, and their personal life balance. So listen in on this conversation with someone from our community. I hope this is encouraging to you in this new season. Ron. What is up, Matt? Hey, man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, sir. How's Chicago? It is actually nice and sunny here today, which is good. Yeah, it's same in Philly. I'm going to go play some golf a little bit later. <laughs> you guys a crazy snowstorm coming up through Chicago, right? Apparently. No, when? It's going to get cold this weekend, at least I know. I did. I think I did see that it's going to get down to like 40, Yeah. maybe even 30. Maybe it's just supposed to get snowy here in Philly. Oh my gosh. It better not snow here, man, or else I'm out. <laughs> so wait, you're in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I've been in Philly for about four and a half years now. I'm the worship pastor at an ch- uh, epic church in uh, Philadelphia. So it's uh, been... Um, at a epic church or it's called epic church? It's called epic church, yeah. Oh, cool. So it stands for and, every every person in the city. Oh, cool. And where are you originally from? Uh, originally, I grew up in northern New York, um, there's like 17 different parts of New York. Everybody just assumes it's the city. Uh, so I grew up in Northern New York, basically yeah. the most of my life. Cool, man. Used to and then snow. Did, did Epic bring you to Pennsylvania? So I had taken a job out of college in the Poconos. I actually had met Felipe. I don't know if you're friends with Felipe. Oh, yeah. Um, and in the Poconos and met my wife there. Um, then we went out to Columbus for like a, a year and a half and then moved back to the Northeast to be close to family because we had kids. So Philly's home now. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, Columbus, Ohio. There's this place there called Piata. Have you ever eaten at Piata? Oh bro. Yes. Italian street I, food. Yeah. Months. I've never seen it anywhere else. I know it's nowhere else, but like they're, they're like wraps. It's basically like an Italian street chipotle it's like, americanized it's like italian chipotle right and i last time i had it, it was like 10 years ago or whatever and i thought this place is gonna blow up like this right. should be another chipotle kind of chain yeah dude and i'm amazed it hasn't because it's incredible i know it's like it, the pan fried like wrap with the the new like the pasta yeah. sorry i'm asian so i call all pasta noodles uh, yeah right right my italian wife's like that's not right you don't call it noodles but uh, dude it that place, i gotta go back there so bad so tell me are you on staff at your church then yeah so i'm the worship pastor at yeah. epic so we have uh now six locations so online became a location as okay. it did for many churches um a couple months ago so that was a, a shift so i oversee all of the locations and the teams uh that are leading those locations across philadelphia so, wow. And so what's it look like for you guys there? Like, do you have any idea of when you guys are going to start church again? Nope. I think right now Philly is probably the most strictest when it comes to the whole like okay. phase, phase out. We pre-record all of our worship sets. So we had pre-recorded them to the end of May. Um, okay. so, so now we're trying to, to decide what do we do from June, July into August? Um, because wow. I think what we're, what we're talking about is 
even when they say we can open, the majority of people probably won't show up for yeah, a good scared. amount of time. But like there's going to be, I think a good gauge that the the church world can follow is the sporting world. So yeah. when, when people start going to basketball, football, baseball, the stuff that's considered entertainment, um, when they start doing that in, in groves, I think then the church will start to do the same. Um, yeah. So, so we're, we're trying to follow that trend. We're kind of like getting ready to do this till the fall. So Wow. Yeah, all yeah. through the summer. And yeah. summer attendance is usually down anyway at right. most churches. Right. So, yeah, it might be like churches might have to just be like, hey, let's just pick this up again in the fall. So you guys actually record your worship. Um, you recorded it a month ahead. Right. So what we did is we took our our video team and our engine, audio engineers, and we recorded eight songs in one day. Okay. Um, and One so, song at a time? One song at a time. So most people, when they walk, they get in their car, they get ready in the day, get in the car and drive to your church. We plan, you know, like 60, to, a lot of churches anywhere from 60 minutes to 90 or, or longer. Um, yeah, right. Because people have gotten ready. So you almost want to create an event for them to be at. Um, yeah. Online is a different. Now, a lot of churches did this at first is they took what they did on Sunday and they did it online. Yeah. And we were like, listen, somebody that's watching in their PJs will not be there for an hour because they have a choice. And so, yeah. You know, a lot of, we've heard a lot like Carrie Newoff and start thinking of church like a TV show. So we literally shifted and we said, how do we do a 35 minute service? And so. Man, we I'm with you on that. I'm like, cause I've, I've been watching church for my PJs at home with a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like. For this thing, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I gotta put clothes on. So. Right, right. And I'm like, man, those services that are over an hour, I'm like, this is way too long. Like you've lost my attention completely. Right. I can't even believe it when churches like think they can still preach for like another, like they usually preach for 45 minutes and they just keep doing that now. Right. Cause I'm like, that's just right. not reality now. It's a different, different game. Dude, I, I love worship, but watching, watching your band play seven songs yeah. is, is not thrilling. For, it's just not. So, so we record one song at a time to play that one song. And all of our host talks are built around the messaging of that song. What does it mean? So we, we try to bridge the gap for somebody that might be joining our church for the very first time. Like, what's this yeah. song surrounded? Like, what enemies at my table? So we, we try to explain what that song is, create it to be a moment. Yeah. Um, so we did that like eight times in like one Sunday afternoon, well, day. We did a whole day of it. And so then they edited that and... Then we send that out. And so what the great thing about that is we've actually been able to resource other churches. So if they're like, yo, we didn't have worship stuff, we just said, Here, here's our set. So we just sent them the video with the lyrics oh, cool. over top. And um, and they can use whatever song they want to use for their right. service. Correct. Yeah, like, that's really cool. Yeah, so that's that's what we did. And a lot of what Luke Community was push, pushing out for the enhancement tracks is basically what we did for recording is we just, we all recorded on click, you know, we tracked ourselves and basically built our own enhancement tracks with the tracks that we got. Um, oh, that's cool. And then overdubbed that on our stuff with video and boom. So did you guys all get together in person to record or did everybody do it separately from their homes? We had a space big enough. We were all, we had no more than 10. So in Philly, they were pretty strict. Like they didn't want anybody more than 10 because we were considered essential workers. We did kind of like worship in the round because we knew yeah. we weren't leading to a room or even like that feeling of trying to, we had watched so many churches that tried to lead. 
like, hey, yeah. guys, sing with us. Like, they're yeah. sitting on their couch, right? Like, that like they're sitting work. on their couch eating cereal in the moment. Totally. We, we were just like, we're not going to pretend like we're going to get somebody to stand up with us and get excited. We just said, hey, we're going to worship God together. And so we did it in the round. We yeah. led with each other. Mm. Uh, and we tried to just be as organic as possible, six feet apart. And uh, we did that all back to back to back, each of those songs. And it's what was really cool is those first two or three songs is nerve wracking because you're just like, you're, you know, you're doing two or three takes. You're yeah. trying to get it right every time. But then by the middle of the day, you know, it felt like we were just really there worshiping God together. And which is something we don't get to do on like, I mean, we do on a Sunday, but a lot of times no one's really able to like look at each other. So yeah. it was a really cool experience for our team to be able to engage with like me as the worship leader, to be able to be looking at my drummer, like face to face and my keyboard player and, and actually just worship God together, have fun, like laugh and celebrate together while looking at each other instead of just like looking at somebody that might be 50 feet away you know, in a seat and they're just disengaged, you know, so I'm trying to encourage them, but at, yeah. instead I'm leading with somebody that I know is pumped to do it with me. Right. So, yeah, man, you know, the, it's interesting because I know like a lot of churches and worship leaders are feeling like this, like, how do we get people to sing, right. you know? And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm a worship leader right. and I haven't been leading worship. And I, even when I sit and watch worship at home, I don't want to sing. <laughs> yeah. Like when I sit and watch a church service that's playing five songs and they're like, sing, sing, sing. I'm like, I actually don't want to. And this is actually what I do for a living. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so imagine the people that like, don't even do that. And that's where I'm thinking like, we, maybe we need to just like take the pressure off right. during this time and just be like, Hey, maybe this is a season where we just sing over our church. Right. And just let them like, just soak it in. Like let sing a song that they can just like, that's more devotional that like encourages yeah. them and yeah. take that kind of like pressure off because it's just, it, again, it's like a different game now. So yeah. like, what would you say has been like the biggest challenging thing for you as a worship leader with all this? Honestly, the biggest challenging part is, I mean, cause I have, I'm thinking of all my locations. So what happens in these times of crisis is your star players will rise up and say, what, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm part of it. And they have, and they show up quick, right? Like, you know, the people on your team at your church that are like, they show up early, they stay late. Um, like, they're always excited to just serve. Um, yeah. And there's people in, and not everybody's like that. And that's totally fine. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's a part, it's a reality. It's, and um, yeah. so those people will jump up really quick to help. The hardest challenge is how do you keep your, your entire team engaged when they're not an essential part of making your Sunday experience happen? And like, I think for a lot of pastors and it's not just worship, I think it's, it's just like a lot of these medium to large churches, you know, they're utilizing the talents of people on their staff. And there's, there's tons of people in their church with giftings and talents that are just sitting or they're being consumers. Right. And like, and it's not because it's not because we don't want to, I think it's because now there's yeah. so many positions that, that people just can't do. So I think, the biggest challenge for me is like, how do I keep my, my team members engaged outside of just, Hey, have a zoom call and check on each other and pray for each other. And, you know, meet yeah, each right. other's needs, but like, how do I keep my team musically engaged when they don't, they don't have to pick up their instrument for maybe six months. This is conversations I'm having with my leaders. I'm saying, Hey, the, the reality we don't want to walk into in the fall 
is that you lost 25% of your team because they realized that it wasn't important to them. And now you've lost that relational equity and you've lost that ability not only to serve together, but also to disciple them. And so for, for me, that's like my biggest tension point is how do I, and I haven't figured it out, like other than, you know, we're trying to do some collab stuff and have my leaders check in. But I think we all jumped into this relational, like, hey, let's check on each other. That's how yeah. like that's gotten kind of tiring to hear now. And I think people are like, all right, dude, I'm okay now, or at least I've figured out my rhythm. So what can I do? And um, yeah, man, I think that's, that's the biggest that's, tension point. Yeah. That's big, man. Cause you don't want to be rebuilding your whole worship ministry when we all start up again in the fall right? or next year. Who knows everyone who that is. It's right. interesting because like, I, I was actually thinking this yesterday. I'm like, I haven't even touched my guitar since early March. Yeah. And I'm like, why have I not even like played like on my own? Yeah. And it's just weird because I found that like the only time I'm actually playing guitar is when I'm leading worship. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder like, yeah, how many like church band volunteers only touch their instrument right. when they're leading worship? Right. And how do you keep people fresh and going on that? Yeah. Has this impacted your church big like financially? I mean, yes and no. I think just people losing <laughs> jobs is a, is a real thing, you know? And yeah. I'm so proud of our church because it made the shift to realize. So we had, we were actually about to go into like a huge, like giving initiative because we had just got been gifted a church and we're trying to like, all of our gear was at this church that was gifted to us because we were about to do like this big night service saying like, Hey, we're all in like what God's going to do. And literally COVID-19 hit and all that went out the window because we were like, listen, like people are losing jobs and yeah, People are more important than projects. And so so for us, that was a thing. One of the largest, poorest cities in America, Philly is. Um, I know Chicago is, you know, it's, it's not much different. Yeah, so, yeah um, we're not doing <laughs> So our initiative turned to, like, how do we give help where we can? But the good thing is about 70% of our church gave digitally, which is a, a great portion. So for a lot of yeah, people, solid. their avenue for how they gave and so this would be my advocate for a lot of people that are on staff at churches is teach, teach your church how to do it in the most efficient way for the person that's attending your church, not for your staff. And so mm-hmm. that whole shift to go online giving, we automate what's important to us. You know, we, we have language yeah. like that. Um, so we, we saw stuff like that, but I would, I would say like for the most part, we haven't had to have any layoffs on our staff. We've been really blessed as a church. Uh, we have tons of people in our church that are like, hey, we see the need. And, you know, God's yeah. blessed us. So we want to feel able to bless the church and bless the people that are part of the church. Yeah, that's solid, man. Yeah. What's the thing that you think you miss the most? I'll, I won't like, lie. I enjoy being home, like, with my family. So for me personally, I miss date nights. Yes. Bro, I miss date nights with my wife. Yeah. Um, because I think that was, I was a lifeblood for our marriage was, uh, so I have three yeah. kids, three little ones, six, five, and two and a half, even though wow. I look like I'm 12. But so for me and my wife, that was a big, not being able to just disconnect and pour into each other, have conversations with each other without a little one running up to us and asking us for stuff. Or, but I think as a team, honestly, I've just, I've missed the the times in between services where we would just sit around and like after service in the lobby or green room just have fellowship with one another and so i miss that and never have facetime conversations with 
most of my team members, I was always on the phone. So I've appreciated yeah. that. Like that's a new, that's a new rhythm that we've created, but I miss, I miss like fist bumping and like hugging some of the guys that are like, that have grown to become friends of mine. So totally. that stuff. Yeah. The thing, the things you miss are all community and connection related. Right. You know, date nights with your wife, like connection with the team. Right. Man, I know it's like a totally different new world, like trying to figure out how to do all this at home. <laughs> so Matt, can I ask for, for you? Cause honestly resources like your, like Luke community and your team are literally saving churches right now on how to do stuff. What's something that you've just seen that's like, well, like this thing is going to help us as a church grow because of dot, dot, dot. You mean the virus or you mean? Yeah, just, just like the, the technology. Yeah. Like to think like track backing tracks <clears throat> didn't really yeah. exist much even 10 years yeah. ago. Five, yeah. five years ago, really, yeah. is when they just started really getting started. So for you as someone that gets to connect with, so many of these churches that are using these resources, what are you seeing that is a benefit yeah. for us as worship leaders and pastors because of something like COVID-19? Yeah, this has been something that's kind of like, people have been thrown into the deep end, into something that they maybe were dragging their feet on at right. first. And that was like jumping into either the world of tracks and click or the world of live streaming and doing video. And I think people are also like, it's kind of a new reality now. You have to do it. Right. And Live streaming is first. You're figuring out how to do like church on video. Churches who were not doing that before, you know, have had to really like have a major learning curve. Yeah. And jump in and then figure out how do you make that live stream not horrible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because like if you've never done it before, and of course anybody who's, you know, when you first start doing a live stream, you're just learning and that's fine. Yeah. But you know, like mixing audio for live stream is like a, another, different. another game. It's completely different. And, and so can I say this too? Yeah. Pro programming a pre-service mm. is way harder than programming your actual service. Yeah. And I don't know Why if anybody watching feels that, but like trying to create like 10, 15 minutes of content that you're like, Hey, people are jumping on early, like to, to share information. Like, yeah. And you're only probably like, that's probably like 50%. Like before the thought was like, what are people going to miss in the first 10 minutes of service? Cause you know, they're showing up late. Yeah. Now we're thinking of, what what content do we need to give people because they're showing up 10 minutes early yeah right, right? instead of just rolling slides and so because what they would do yeah. like people that want a community they'd show up in a lobby they'd have coffee you know they'd take their kids in and they yeah. were they were connecting people there so we're trying to like that 10 minute section of pre-service has Man. become you know yeah. that's a good point because also that when you think about people are not watching the 10 minute pre-roll so it makes you think too, like audibly what you can be doing. Like, for example, right. like I'll pull up our live stream that we're going to watch. My wife and I are going to watch on Sunday morning. I'll pull it up on the TV just so it's up there, ready to go. Ready. But we're yeah. not sitting on the couch, just sitting there watching the countdown. We're right. like in the kitchen, getting coffee ready. We're, you know, changing our daughter's diaper or whatever. Yeah. So the only thing that actually we're like hearing is whatever they're playing audibly. I'm not right. looking at anything. Right. So like, even like thinking like, how can you use that? Like eight minutes of the countdown yeah. audibly to be like giving content like scripture, right. maybe a scripture reading or like the songs you're picking. And I don't know. It is really interesting, but I do think that like people are having to figure out too, like how do you make your live stream sound good? And yep. that for us has been really interesting because we've seen a lot of people jump into tracks when yep. they haven't done it before. Right. And tracks will make a live stream sound better. So right. that's been kind of a, a good positive thing, I guess, out of this, like at least for us. 
um right. just seeing like people embrace tracks more so yeah, yeah it's been cool it's a wild time though yeah dude honestly Man. that thought about pre-service and what people are just hearing more so than what even what they're seeing it's i think it's a game like for me i'm taking i'm leaving like yo like so just so you know like if they're just sitting and listening how, how are we conveying information how are we recapping something they might have missed last week or you know yeah. That's, that's well yeah that's true you could even do like a a pre previously on you know kind of like an Right. recap on what happened last week yeah. which has been like for us because we're trying to create content for our actual service so yeah. instead of trying to create new content for a pre-service we're saying okay what what was important last week that we yeah. want people to hear or what did we talk about last week that they might have missed and yeah. it lets them still be in the know without like those 35 minutes are are crucial that we have of yeah. their attention. So like the number one thing yeah. is the message. And then the second thing is like, we believe is worship, but honestly application, yeah. like how are they applying all this stuff that they're learning on a Sunday? Or honestly, here's what's another great thing is you don't have to just go to church now on Sunday morning. You can go to church, you know, whenever you want. Um, yeah. But how do we get people to apply the content that they're receiving? So I think all the information, you yeah. know, like how can someone be a part of, like loving their neighbor and giving and you know, for like yeah. a food pantry. Like if you talked about last week, you can utilize it in your pre-service and find other ways to give people next steps during your actual service. So, yeah, man, you just said something too that made me wonder, like you said, like church, like you can watch it anytime you want. Right. Well, some churches like are only streaming at certain times and then you can't rewatch it. Right. And I feel like that might be, I feel like that might be a miss because, you know, depending on time zones or depending on availability, you know, actually now, like, is a more convenient, now is a time where pe you could actually have a service ready at, so people can watch it at their most convenient time. Right. Like, why not just, why not live stream it and then just post it and let people watch it whenever they want? Yeah. We actually post our premiere on YouTube as like a backup, like okay. the actual video file, because here's the thing, Chop or Church Online, they crash. They've crashed like every other, every other week, one of the services has crashed. Thank God wow. it didn't crash on Easter, right? So, like, that's what a lot of people are using. Um, so, to put it on YouTube, we actually upload it on YouTube. Um, so, we have a backup. So, worst case scenario, yeah. we say, here's the YouTube link, because YouTube never crashes. Right? Yeah, like, no. It just never does. Like, it's a it's great... A big dog. It's a, it's a big... Right, it's a big dog. So, we do that, and then we utilize all these, like, Facebook and Church Online yeah. and YouTube, and we have our live streaming stuff. But you're right, dude, I think like one there's importance in the fact of engagement right like you you can't take away the fact that people are standing in agreement when they hear a, like a, a message and god speaks truth through their screen and like it doesn't just touch one person but it, it speaks to a mass of people which is what's great with the holy spirit and so people can respond so there's power in that but i also think there's staying power like all the messages and the songs that we're singing are prophetic, right? Like it's not just for in that moment at yeah. 11 o'clock on Sunday, mm. right? Someone can chime in on a Thursday afternoon and check it, check it out. And God could speak to them just as clearly as they would if they tuned in live on Sunday. And so, and totally, man. so the, so I think the church is realizing this technology. And then after this, are you like when everything goes back to normal, right? So our attention now is how do we take this thing that we've created? That's like really good for our online yeah. and then don't just all of a sudden throw it all away because now like we're all meeting in our physical locations now, right? Like yeah. just created an, like an online location 
that people have never, they don't live in Philly. And now they're like, Hey, Epic's my church. And do yeah, you got to keep it up somehow. <laughs> right. So how do you keep it up? So the system that you create now has to live and carry over to the system that you have in the fall and in 2021 when yeah. everything goes back to now having online and it's yeah that's interesting thing to think about as you're architecting and building it think about right. how do we make this sustainable for the long haul right man thanks so much for taking the time to talk and you've got Absolutely. so much wisdom and things to share man this is a great conversation i'm just copying what other smart people say that's man, <laughs> this is good man i learned i learned stuff from this this is really interesting i appreciate dude like just you're you being available i know bro like you are leading a team of people that are changing the landscape of the church world i don't i think people just like oh it's just you know tracks are buying you're literally helping churches create moments where they meet with god and mm -hmm. um it's important stuff dude so i appreciate your availability dude and pouring into this community of people you know i watch on facebook when you're interacting with people that are got all these questions and stuff um, yeah. You're a servant, dude. I appreciate it. And so I um, appreciate your time and um, using your gifting, your talents to help advance the church and Thanks, us bro. creating great, great worship time. So appreciate Thanks, it. Man. That's why we do what we do. Yes, sir. So, See you, brother. Hang in there. Right. It was a good chat with you. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.